Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on Speaker Kevin McCarthy's future. Number two, where things stand on Ukraine funding. And number three, California Governor Gavin Newsom makes some moves to fill the late Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. All right, Jake, let's get into it. It was a topsy-turvy end of the week. Everybody was expecting a government shutdown. That did not happen. There was a lot of work happening over uh, the weekend. We hope you enjoyed and, and got caught up on all things uh, Washington over the weekend with our special editions to try to keep you in the loop. But the big question that remains, uh, I would say, kind of coming out of this government funding is not the fact that only we're going to be doing this all again in mid-November, but uh, is really looking at Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his future. Uh, it is tenuous at best. It is. So let's start with this. Um, everyone thought the government would shut down because nobody thought that McCarthy would fold as quickly as he folded. Um, our theory of the case from the beginning was that McCarthy would only fold after a government shutdown, uh, after he had some some fight, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and shut down the government maybe for a day or maybe for two days. But um, he didn't. <laughs> he, did that. he didn't do that. He decided on, on Saturday um, that he would just go ahead and pass a clean CR. Um, which drew 90 no votes from his own conference. 90. That is absolutely stunning, including several committee chairs like Mike Boss of Illinois, Mike Guest of Mississippi, the uh, uh, Mike Johnson, the vice chair of the Republican conference. So, I mean, this, is, this was a, a, a big bleed, as they say, of Republican votes um, from this, this shutdown. So... Uh, what it was interesting. What happened was Stephanie Bice, uh, the uh, who's in leadership, Oklahoma Republican, went to the floor to close out the the day after after the House passed the um, passed the CR, and Matt Gates stood up to seek to be recognized, and Steve Womack of Arkansas gaveled down the House and adjourned. Um, uh, but it was, I don't know, I couldn't say definitively that Gates was seeking to put a motion to vacate uh, there at that moment, but um, he is uh, uh, now looking to overthrow McCarthy. So there's a lot of dynamics here, Anna, um, to review. Do you have any thoughts on averting a government shutdown as Congress did uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think, listen. The interesting part to me here is your point that McCarthy, you know, basically looked at a losing hand and decided not to, to fold it. <laughs> to, well, or decided not to just continue down the pathway without an, a way forward, which, you know, um, in some ways, it, you know, saves him some time and, and, and kind of the pain of the government shutdown. But we're nowhere further in figuring out how to fund the government. Uh, I think the position on Ukraine funding, on disaster relief, on a lot of other things, there's still going to be massive, massive fights. And to your point, where you have leadership, members of his own, you know, kind of committees voting against this uh, pathway forward, it it questions whether or not, you know, to to what we're going to talk further about is what well, what is what is his future as Speaker of the House? Um, if you if kind of you lay out a strategy and those folks that should be in lockstep with you, 
decide, nah, not gonna, gonna take a pass on this one. Yeah, so um, I don't know whether McCarthy can make it out of those the week. And I'm not saying he will or he won't. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. It will depend, let's be clear, this will depend on Democrats. Democrats have the choice. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's a bad thing for McCarthy. I mean, but but McCarthy does not have 218 Republicans to keep him as speaker right now. He just doesn't. I mean, the, the, he's going to have 20 or something no votes against him. And I think that's a big that's a big uh, problem for McCarthy. So what happens here is Gates files this motion to vacate at some point this week, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, um, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know when he's going to do it. So at that point, um, the leadership has two days to bring this thing up. And um, if there, you know, I could argue this both ways, to be honest with you. But he could bring it up immediately, which would be the, um, you know, the advantage to that would be that it doesn't give the opposition time to mobilize, but it also doesn't give him a lot of time to mobilize either. Or he could bring it up in two days. So once it gets brought up, um, there's a couple different procedural things that could happen. There's something called a question of consideration, which is just a blanket question that any member could raise, which is, should the House be considering this? And if, if that is a, a very easy um, way out for a lot of people, because that just needs to pass with a simple majority, that doesn't mean Gates can't keep bringing this up, but the question of consideration um, is the first way to kill this. Number two, there's some McCarthy ally or Democrat, anybody could do this, but some McCarthy ally could motion, if, if they get past the question of consideration uh, and, and they don't get a majority no on that, there's the motion to table. The motion to table is um, also at a simple majority. And there's two different paths for Democrats. They could vote to table. They could vote to not table. They, there's actually a bunch of different paths. They could sit it out, thereby lowering the threshold for McCarthy uh, to win that vote, or they can vote yes to table. I mean, there's just all different kinds of options here. They can take a walk. They can say, we're not voting on this. We're not getting engaged in the Republican Civil War. Now, um, all very, you know, those are all interesting, but it would also mean any of these procedural motions, should Democrats decide to help McCarthy, all of these procedural motions would um, allow Democrats to help McCarthy without actually voting for him for speaker. So that's what's make, what makes those attractive for both McCarthy and if Democrats want to help McCarthy. So those are the kinds of the pathways to consider here. And I think the big the big thing we've I mean, we've spent so much time on Kevin McCarthy and rightly so, right? Uh, in terms of what he was going to do, how he was maneuvering, how he was dealing with his right flank. But a lot of this, to your point, is going to now look and point to minority leader Hakeem Jeffries being this is his biggest test. When you're in the minority in the House, typically you're just kind of hell no. And that's really what you're, you know, kind of the point of it is when you're when you're just trying to kind of rant, you know, be against things. Um, this is something where he is an untested leader, has gotten pretty high marks all around, uh, you know, even from progressives that he's been more inclusive uh, as leader than, than maybe even his predecessor. But how he 
deals with this? And also, how much is it a is it a strategy by Democrats? Because um, there's certainly going to be members of the Problem Solvers Caucus or the Blue Dog Co- Coalition, those kind of centrist Democrats that want to help McCarthy. Um, you know, how much of a pressure is he putting on them? And and what kind of what is the strategy and the outcome of that? I don't think we know yet. That to me is going to be one of the interesting things to watch here. Yeah, listen, McCarthy and Jeffries have a good relationship, but that good relationship only goes so far. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of distrust among Democrats with McCarthy, um, which was hammered home, to be honest with you, um, when McCarthy put a, a stopgap bill on the floor, gave Democrats no time to read it uh, in an effort to jam the Senate, and then went on TV yesterday and said Democrats are... Um, tried to shut down the government. So, um, you know, they're, they're, McCarthy's got some work to do with Democrats. Although I'll tell you what, you know, I, I got some texts last night from McCarthy folks saying, we're not negotiating with Democrats. And I said, if you're not negotiating with Democrats, you know, you might be looking for a new job by the end of the week. All right, we'll leave it there. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We've got some news here on Ukraine. Speaker Kevin McCarthy has told the White House that he wants a full briefing for House members on the administration's strategy in Ukraine. That briefing could come as soon as this week, according to sources familiar with the matter. Although, who knows what's going to happen or if it gets delayed with the chaos inside the House Republican conference. But an interesting shift here uh, as the White House is frantically trying to find a way forward on getting a new tranche of money to Ukraine. Yeah, I want to make this abundantly clear. The White House has big problems on Ukraine when it comes to Congress. There are um, a majority of House Republicans who are against more funding in Ukraine. A majority. And um, that makes it very difficult for McCarthy to bring this thing up. And I understand that there's some theory that he's probably, not a theory, but Biden said, President Joe Biden said yesterday, he has promised to bring it up. And maybe he will, but I, I, I just think it's a the administration might be underestimating the opposition to this on Capitol Hill. Um, and, and, and furthermore, like a massive package, $100 billion, $70 billion, is just going to have a tough time getting through. I, I just hate to say it. And, um, you know, I, I, the tide has turned on Capitol Hill when it comes to Ukraine, period. And I know the White House wanted it in the stopgap, wanted $6 billion or, or wanted some amount of money in the stopgap, but they just don't have the support for this war anymore on Capitol Hill like they used to. They still have support, but they don't have the support that they used to, especially in the House. All right, let's go on to the number three story of the morning. I'll, a look at the Golden State. California Governor Gavin Newsom is set to appoint LaFonza Butler to the Senate to fill the late Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. Butler is a longtime Democratic activist currently serving as president of Emily's List. Uh, We scooped over the weekend on Sunday that Newsom's appointee will be free to run for a full Senate term in 2024 and that there will be no precondition that this is simply a temporary replacement. Yeah, so LaFonza Butler is the head of Emily's List, a former union official in California, um, get, gets the seat, up, uh, uh, and listen, this is going to shake up the the uh, primary for the seat, the election for the seat, in which you have Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, and Barbara Lee all vying for it. Now they're going to have to run against an incumbent. Uh, an if she incum- decides to run. If she decides big, big to run, caveat. for sure, for sure, for sure. She is... Um, 
uh, Lafonza Butler is young. She's in her 40s. Um, she could have this seat for 30 years if she if she wanted to, um, which may or may not be attractive. I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, the advantage of incumbency is pretty decent and probably means the Democratic machine is going to get behind her, meaning the DSCC, the, um, if she decides to run, obviously. All the, all the, the Democratic organs in California um, will probably end up getting, up getting behind her. So a big boost, obviously, by Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who has now appointed basically everybody who has statewide office in California, including Alex Padilla, the the senator, the now the senior senator from California. Nothing wrong with that. That's legal. He's just had the opportunity. Kamala Harris became vice president. Dianne Feinstein became uh, uh, died, um, and uh, I think that I, I'll be. You know, Barbara Lee said in a statement yesterday that she's focused on winning the seat. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here, and it's interesting that Newsom. Newsom never said the word caretaker, which I think is interesting. Um, but a people said that people kind of took from his words that he would appoint someone that wouldn't run, which again here was a big mistake. All right. Certainly going to be interesting to watch what happens there. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Plunge, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. We have two events this week. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be on stage with Andrew Desiderio interviewing Senator Mark Warner. Really uh, couldn't come at a more timely moment on uh, government and national security. We'll talk about Ukraine funding and a whole lot of other things. We also have a conversation between our managing editor, Heather Cagle. She's going to be interviewing Shelley Moore Capito, the senator from West Virginia, talking about the opioid crisis on Thursday morning. Both are going to be really interesting conversations. Uh, you can sign up to watch online or come in person and also get some breakfast along with it uh, at our events hub at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe. <laughs>